All right, I know I might be out of practice here, but I think this is the moment that pre-K through first graders, you guys get to go to Elevate, to Children's Church. So if you are pre-K through first grade, if, you have a, if you're a guest of ours and you have a pre-K through first grader, send them toward the spotlight over there, toward, uh, toward Miss Courtney, and they have a chance to, if this is their first time, if you could go with them, that really helps our volunteers over there to put a uh, name with a face, face with a name, and that'll be a big help for them. So if you would, open your Bible to Psalm chapter 37. If you have access to the Bible on your phone, your iPad in front of you, and you want to open that up, Psalm chapter 37 is where we're going to be in just a minute, and we have a video coming up here in just a second where one of our church members is going to read Psalm 37, 1 through 11 for us, so we'll we'll watch that in just a minute. A reminder as we get started here about a couple of things. Kids, those of you who are working on memorizing the fruit of the Spirit, you can come up to me before or after the service if you know the fruit of the Spirit and you want to say that. We have a little, uh, a little bag here with some candy in it, some fruit candy for you of several kinds we'd love to give you. So kids, I know you guys are working on that, those up through, uh, through sixth grade. And then also, I want to remind you about the Emmaus Orchard out in the lobby. So if you go out these doors, you turn to the right, south side of the lobby, the Emmaus Orchard, we have a card that represents each element of the fruit of the Spirit. We want you to take those cards, and if you know someone who really exemplifies that aspect of the fruit of the Spirit, write them a note of encouragement. Now this morning, we're talking about patience, so don't write a note to someone you wish had more patience and say, hey, I think you really need this, really need this card. Like, let's build up one another. I saw one of our families walking away from the orchard the other day, and the mom said, my kids couldn't find a single card to give me from the fruit of the Spirit. Like, they wanted, I'm sure you have a lot of the fruit of the Spirit at work in your life, especially uh, as a mom. But uh, we want to be able to encourage one another in the fruit of the Spirit as we continue to move ahead as a church family. Today, patience, we're going to be looking in Psalm chapter 37. Let's watch this video together right now. Hey, Emmaus. How is everyone? It's great to be with you guys. I'm Velvet McBride. Um, I'm going to be reading out of the 37th Psalm, uh, verses 1 through 11, and it's the English Standard Version, just for your reference. So, okay, here we go. Uh, Fret not yourself because of evildoers. Be not envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself, it tends only to evil. For the evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. In just a little while, the wicked will be no more. Though you look carefully at his place, he will not be there. But the meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in abundant peace. That's good. It's hard to wait uh, sometimes. It's 
we wait on, um, <clears throat> it's hard to have patience and we get so impatient over trivial things. Um, society has kind of told us that we, you know, we don't have to wait, that we should get things instantly, um, almost as if we deserve it. But, um, we are called to wait, uh, this whole spirit uh, of the fruit that we're going through right now has really spoken to me, especially last week whenever um, Owen talked about peace. And if you have anxiety, you know, that just robs you of your peace. And um, last last year, um, during the pandemic, I found, found myself without a job. Um, a company that I had worked 18 years uh, had to make some cutbacks because of it. So uh, I was so filled with anxiety uh, last year, um, you know, and being a single, you know, my only income, my only, I was my only source of income. So I really had to sit and, you know, just really reach out um, and ask for God's guidance for his provision and just wait on him. Um, when, and that's, you know, hard to do. Um, thankfully I had another, uh, job that I'd been doing on the side, you know, part-time for several years. So I immediately, you know, and I'd always wanted to do that full-time, but I, you know, out of fear, um, I just never made that leap, but I was forced to, you know, pivot to do that, um, during this, during this pandemic. And, and that meant being self-employed uh, and waiting, you know, for business, you know, to come my way and for me to be successful in that. And I'm still waiting. Um, it's hard to, when you see other people succeed, um, you think their successes should be, you know, your success. And, and I have to remind myself that, you know, God has a path for velvet and my path is not everybody else's. It's specific just to me. And I love that. And through this, um, you know, having a new schedule and everything, it's been able, I've, I, I'm able to recognize now that I'm able to serve in other ways. Um, when I, when I didn't have the time to before. Um, so I like that. So whether we're waiting, you know, and we're all waiting right now, um, in this pandemic, we're waiting for things to, to be, to come back to normal. Uh, we're waiting to see loved ones. Um, that we haven't gotten to see in a while. So in the waiting, you know, we're called to, you know, he waits on us. My goodness, the least we can do is wait on him and endure in his word, uh, trust in his word. So um, I'm thankful for that, uh, that I have him to guide me and, you know, to protect me. And he has seen me through um, some hard times. Uh, now, do I still get impatient and, and, and want to fix things myself? I do, but I have to, you know, come back to him and, um, and just, and just search for his peace. And I, and I know it's there. So, um, that's all I got right now, but it's great being with you and hope you have a great Sunday. Ah, so, so patience, the thing we know we need, but we're terrified to pray for. We don't know what it looks like for that to come into our, our lives. I have a superpower that you may not be aware of. So my superpower is in a store, I can always pick the slowest line. 
guaranteed. So if you're ever in a store and you see Owen switch lines and you think, I would really like to stay here a little bit longer, just follow me. I can always pick that out. Like the person guaranteed to pay with a check or they pull out all these coins from their purse to make a, to make a payment, that's me behind that person in the line every single time. And so as I was thinking about this idea of patience and waiting in line, there's a book that I've mentioned to you a couple of times. It's a book called Every Moment Holy, which is a compilation of prayers. Now, if you're not into flowery language or you're just wanting to read something really quickly, it's probably not gonna connect exactly with what you want, but Every Moment Holy is a beautiful book of prayers related to different things that we face in our lives. And right after the prayer dedicated to road rage is a prayer about waiting in line. And I wanna read some of this prayer to you about waiting in line. God, as my life is lived in anticipation of the redemption of all things, so let my slow movement in this line be to my own heart a living parable and a teachable moment. I feel seen at this moment. Like this, is a, this feels, do not waste even my petty irritations, O Lord. Use them to expose my sin and selfishness and to reshape my vision and my desire into better, holier things. Decrease my unrighteous impatience directed at circumstances and people. Increase instead my righteous longing for the moment of your return. Be present in my waiting, O Lord, that I might also be present in it as a Christ-bearer to those who are before and behind me in this line who also wait. And I love this imagery. As I am a vessel, let me not be like a sodden paper cup full of steaming frustration, carelessly sloshing unpleasantness on those around me. Rather, let me be like a communion chalice, reflecting the silvered beauty of your light, brimming with grace. Amen. May that be true of our lives when we wait in line, when we wait in traffic, when we wait. When we think about patience, let's start with that theological foundation of God's patience toward us. So remember, when we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, these are not nine personality traits. The fruit of the Spirit is the character and the power of God at work in his people. When you read through these nine elements, you are learning, in a sense, about God himself, about how he works in the world. And we find from Scripture, famous passage from Exodus chapter 34, the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. And then Psalm 103, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, for he knows our frame, he remembers that we are dust. Last summer when we talked about God's character, we talked about how every element of God's character is perfectly integrated together. So God is all loving and all wise, and all powerful, and always just, and all of these some come together in his righteous anger, but he is slow to anger, that he is compassionate and kind. For what purpose? Second Peter 3, 8 and 9. Do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you. Why? Not wishing that any should perish, and that does include eternal perishing, separated from God forever, but that all should reach repentance. 2 Peter 3, 2 Peter 3 is happening in a context where people were saying, come on, you're talking about Jesus coming back, 
You're talking about this world coming to an end. You're talking about God bringing judgment. That's not going to happen. Life just goes on the same day after day, year after year. No. Why is God patient? God is patient to draw us to repentance. And so let me be very pointed and very direct at this moment. If in your life you have been kicking the can down the road spiritually, today is the day of salvation. God is patient toward us, unbelievably patient toward us, toward this world. Why? To draw people to repentance so that we would realize that the path that our life is going down is headed to destruction and death and eternal separation from God, but he is calling us to repentance, to turn from our sin, to turn from ourselves, and to trust in him and to find life, life now and life forever. And so if in your life, You've said, you know what, I think that that God thing matters, but I'll take care of it one day down the road at some point. If people in your life have talked to you about the gospel, they've talked to you about the Lord, and you've just brushed them off, God has been patient towards you. And today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to turn and to trust in him and to experience his goodness and his grace and his power in your life. And that patience doesn't end at the moment of salvation. God is so patient toward his people. You want to see what this looks like? Just read the Old Testament. There's just time after time after time that God works in power toward his people, and then his people grumble and complain and turn away. And let's just be honest, you don't have to read the Old Testament. Just follow me around for a while or follow any of us around for a while, and we experience God's work in our life And then we wander off in another direction, and God is so patient. Think about how patient Jesus was with the disciples. He would say something, explain something, and they wouldn't get it. They wouldn't get it. They wouldn't get it, and he was patient. He continued to be with them. I'm always amazed from the New Testament. In some way, Jesus' ministry was so slow. He walked. He waited. He moved at what amounts to a pretty slow pace, but he was always focused on what God had called him to do. So much of the Bible is filled with waiting. People are waiting in the wilderness. They're waiting on children. They're waiting for the Messiah to come. They're waiting for Jesus to return. So much of the Bible is built up with this idea of waiting. God, how do we wait? How do we learn to be patient? Psalm 37. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to work through Psalm 37, just kind of talk through it. And then I want to give you two keys this morning from Psalm 37 about how to grow in patience. Not impatient, to grow in patience. So that didn't come out as well. Psalm 37. Here we go. Verses 1 and 2. Fret not yourself because of evildoers. Be not envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Fret is such a great word here. Uh, Not only should we just probably find a way to bring fret back in regular, you know, conversation, but fret is a really great word when you look at it in the original language because the word means to glow, to heat up. Some people, you can literally see their impatience on their face because they start to glow and not the good glow, <laughs> the glow where the face turns red and the, and the veins pop out and you can just see it all over them. That's the word fret. Fret means to, to glow, to heat up. Fret not because of evildoers. 
There's a group of people who are growing impatient following the Lord because they keep looking around and everybody else in the world is getting ahead. Everybody else in the world is having more fun. Everybody else in the world is prospering. And here I am trying to trust in God and nothing seems to be going right. And God says, don't fret. Don't look over there. You know one way to kill the patience in your life? To constantly look around and compare your life to everybody else's. If we are constantly comparing our life to everyone else's, just like Velvet said in that video, we will never truly trust what God wants to do in our life. We'll never be patient with his work in our life. Why? For they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. What you see someone else succeeding in, they don't care about the Lord. They live however they want, and they're getting ahead in life. This is just God's reminder of, don't forget, this is just a speck of time. This is just a small piece of all of eternity. I'm in control. I'm at work. Verses three and four. So what should you do? Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Those words dwell and faithfulness, they give you the opposite of fret. To dwell is to dwell in peace and contentment, to be faithful to what God has called you to do. It has a little bit of a connection to that famous saying about bloom where you're planted. Not exactly, but it lives in the same world as that saying. Just dwell, just be faithful. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. I know some of you have shared with me how much that verse means to you. In some ways, it's a life verse to delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. A verse, let's be honest, that can be quickly misused. Because what happens as we delight ourselves in the Lord? He transforms the desires of our heart. That as we wait on the Lord, as we celebrate him, if you are in a season of limbo right now, if you are in a season of waiting, there may not be a lot about your circumstances that you love, but you can delight in the Lord. And in the process, he will transform your desires so that every good and perfect gift is brought into your life from him, according to his will. Verses five and six, commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. What happens when we get impatient with life? We start to take things into our own hands. We're like, okay, you know, life has not gone the speed I wanted. Life has not gone the way I wanted. I can fix this. I can manipulate a few circumstances. I can make these things happen, and then I'm going to get what I really want. Does that usually go well? No. No, it usually doesn't go well. Who does the acting in this verse while we're waiting? He will act. He will bring forth righteousness and justice. Verse 7, what's our job? Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. When I see be still at the beginning of verse 7, it sounds like Psalm 46.10. Be still and know that I am God. A psalm about trusting God in the middle of hard circumstances. When everything around us does not seem to be going the way we want, be still. Wait patiently on the Lord. He is at work in ways that go beyond anything you could ever imagine. Verses 8 and 9. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself. It tends only to evil. For the evildoers evil shall be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. You guys know what normally follows impatience? Anger. Uh, 
we get impatient with people, and then before we know it, we've said something or done something we wish we wouldn't have said or done. Impatience so often leads to anger and to evil doing, and God says, be still. Be patient. I'm at work. I'm in control. Trust me in these circumstances. Don't lash out in anger at people around you. Verses 10 and 11. Why? In just a little while. Now, time references with God and us often feel different. It doesn't always feel quick, but God says, in just a little while, the wicked will be no more. Though you look carefully at his place, he will not be there. Instead, the meek, those who trust in the Lord, those who wait on him, they will inherit the earth and delight themselves in abundant peace. Having an eternal perspective is the best way to learn how to live in patience, with patience. We grow in patience when we keep our eyes focused on eternity, remembering that every good thing is not found right here, that what we face right now is not the end of the story. When we have an eternal perspective, we will grow with this patience that God wants in our lives. Now, from those verses in Psalm 37, there are two things that stand out quickly about how we live with patience. Number one, trust God. So if you like to take notes, just two elements. Number one, trust God. Number two, humility toward others. Two key words from Psalm 37 about patience, trust and humility. Trusting God, being humble to those around us. Now, this idea of trusting God is built on an old school translation of patience. It's a word or a combination of words, long suffering. Another good old school translation that probably should make a comeback, this idea of long suffering. When we think about patience in the Bible, think about the word having two sides to it. So two sides to the coin, when you think about patience in the Bible, there is patience with hard circumstances, which is called long suffering, and then there's patience with hard people, okay? We're gonna get to that in a minute. The word patience in the Bible has two sides to the coin, patience with hard circumstances and patience with hard people. Not that you know any of those or have any of those sitting near you, but if you did, that's the way that patience works. Patience with hard circumstances, patience with hard people. When we think about long-suffering, patience with hard circumstances, we're talking about this first idea of God, teach me to trust you. Because guess what? We live in a world full of waiting. Full of waiting. You're waiting on a job, you're waiting on a relationship either to resolve itself or you're looking for a relationship. You're waiting on your kids to do this or to do that. Most of parenting is waiting, usually not very patiently. We're waiting, waiting for whatever this season of our world is right now to, to get through this time right now. So much waiting going on right now. We live in a world that is filled with waiting. Do not miss this. Waiting exposes what's going on in our heart. When we have to wait for something, all of these things going on inside us rise to the surface, and we get a picture of what's happening in our heart. But waiting also is something that God uses in our life to make us more like Jesus. God, teach us to wait. Teach us to live in a world that requires waiting. Because like Velvet said in the video, we're not very good at waiting. We struggle to wait. I'm not giving up my microwave, okay? This is not a sermon about giving up your microwave or your smartphone. I like my microwave, I like my smartphone. But we need to realize how this demand in our world to have everything right now is terrible for our soul. 
There is a work that God wants to do in our life that he can only do while we're waiting, while we're trusting him, while we're experiencing something that you said, you know what? This is not what I wanted. This is not, imagine how, this is not how I imagine life going, but God, teach me to wait. Let me show you some verses about this that I think will be helpful. So often, Scripture puts patience and endurance together. Romans 12, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, patient in the middle of trouble, be constant in prayer. Have hope, be a person of prayer, and wait. Who hopes for what he sees? If we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. This is that idea, God, you are doing something that I can't see right now. Teach me to trust you. Then, in the book of Revelation, I, John, your partner in the tribulation and the kingdom and the patient endurance that are in Jesus. We don't have time to look at this in depth, but in those letters that are written to churches at the beginning of Revelation, four times patient endurance is mentioned for those churches. Friends, do you know what we need as churches in America right now? Patient endurance. That's what we're called to in the middle of difficult circumstances. That's what we're called to in the middle of trouble. We are called to patient endurance. How do you get there? 2 Corinthians 1 is really helpful in this, in this regard. 2 Corinthians 1, 5 and 6. As we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. And if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. All right, let me make sure that verse is clear there. What's being said here is that when we go through difficult times, God brings comfort into our lives. And as he does that, we are able to share that comfort with people around us. So, how do you grow in patience, with patience? I gotta stop saying in patience. <laughs> how do you grow with patience? You spend time around patient people. You spend time around people who have learned that patience through hard circumstances. When you're going through a situation that you don't like, that's difficult, if you can find someone else who's been through a hard situation and they're able to say, I've been there, I know how hard that is, let me walk with you, that's how you make that. That's how you endure in patience with these situations that are going on. Let me give you a couple of ideas up here on the screen. This comes from Luke chapter eight. This is one of those moments this last week as I was studying about this topic. You know how you look, study scripture and you read it and you read it and you read it and then you see something you've never noticed before? That process of studying the Bible, there was something in this verse I never, never noticed before. This is Jesus' parable, the parable of the four soils. He says, as for that seed that is in the good soil. So this is the fourth kind. This is the kind we want to be. They are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. How do we grow spiritually in our lives? Patience. Just continuing to be connected to the work that God wants to do in our life. And don't miss this. Patience doesn't mean laziness. Patience doesn't mean being passive. Patience doesn't mean just sitting to the side. Patience is a way of life in which you say, God, I don't know why things aren't moving at the speed that I want them to right now, but in this moment, teach me to trust you. If you're in a season of waiting right now, if your life is in limbo, let that drive you back to prayer. Let that drive you back to God's word. 
in this season of waiting that you have right now in your life, grow your roots deeper in the love of Christ. Establish your confidence. Establish your hope in the Lord deeper than you ever have before. Bring those people around you. And let me say something else about this. In seasons of waiting, when life seems like it's in limbo and things aren't going the way you want, temptations will come during those seasons of waiting. You will find yourself tempted to go away from the things of the Lord. In a season of waiting, it is so important that you pursue holiness. Because when we look at Scripture and we find examples of people not being patient, not trusting the Lord's timing, almost every time it's connected to then uh, sexual sin. Impatience in the Bible is so often connected to sexual sin. And we need to remember that in our own world, in our own lives, that if you're in a season of waiting, if, if you're waiting for a relationship to develop, if, if you're in a season where you've experienced the death of a spouse or you've experienced divorce or God's called you to a life of singleness, in these times of waiting are times to draw closer to the Lord, to pursue holiness like you never have before because you have those warnings all throughout the Bible. What's God calling us to? He's calling us to daily faithfulness. In this season of waiting, God, teach me to be faithful to what's right in front of me. If you're trying to make decisions about your future, maybe you have a decision to make about college or job or relationship or retirement. If you're trying to make a decision about the future, the best way to prepare for the future is to pursue holiness and to be completely faithful to what's right in front of you. As we follow the will of the Lord and we are faithful every day to what he has given us to do, he will pave the way to the future of what he's called us to do. Daily faithfulness, this idea of God, let me trust you. Okay, so that's one part of this. Now the second part is as that patience grows up in my life, I can share that with other people. This is the other side of the coin. So long-suffering is patience with hard circumstances. Forbearance is the fancy old-school word that means patience with hard people. I love this quote here from Chris Green, that patience is just humility happening over and over again. Remember what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount? Don't lose patience with the speck in your brother's eye until you remember there's probably a huge log hanging out of your own eye. Pride and patience are never going to go together. When we realize how much we need the Lord's work in our life, it will make us humble toward the people around us. God, help us to grow in that humility. Now, how do we start to do that? Let me give you a couple of verses that I think might be helpful. Colossians chapter three is a good place to start. Colossians chapter three here, verses 12 and 13, Paul says, put on compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Let me ask you, who is most difficult to be patient with in your life? Usually, it's not the strangers, it's the people closest to you. <laughs> the people that you spend the most time with, the people, sometimes, the people who are most like you are the ones that you find yourself losing patience with over and over and over again. What have we been called to do? Partly, we've just been called to bear with one another. Bearing with one another is a spiritual way of saying learning to put up with one another. Fair enough. 
Part of spiritual growth is, God, let me learn to put up with people in a way that is gracious and compassionate and merciful and kind and demonstrates your love. But we're also driven toward forgiveness. Humble people, patient people are forgiving people. And this is where we have to be really careful because patience is not passive aggressiveness. Patience is not just sweeping everything under the rug. There are a lot of things that frankly just need to be overlooked. But in patience, it drives us toward true forgiveness because you can have a person who looks extremely patient on the surface, but under the skin, grudges, bitterness, hatred, impatience toward others, that's why God gives us the gift of forgiveness, to be able to reach out to someone and seek reconciliation, seek forgiveness, to say, in patience, I know how much you need. I need your forgiveness, and I want to be able to forgive you as well. First Thessalonians chapter 5 has a really beautiful verse about living out patience with one another. First Thessalonians 5 verse 14, we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. I want you to know that when we talk about being patient with other people, patience is not enablement either. Patience is not just letting people do whatever they want to do. Sometimes patience includes drawing boundaries. But here's where the spiritual wisdom comes in. Patience is knowing when and how to respond to the people around you. Because sometimes people need an arm around the shoulder. They need comfort. They need care. Sometimes people need a hand in the back. That can be done with patience as well, but there needs to be admonishment. There needs to be correction. There needs to be something happening there. God teaches us how to respond to people as we grow in with, with this patience. Now, let me add something to this, and I think this would be particularly helpful for parents, grandparents. Pay close attention to this. We need to be patient with the spiritual growth of people around us because not everyone grows spiritually in the same ways and at the same speed. And if we can just be honest, most of us, our spiritual growth looks something like that, you know, on a good day. We, we don't all grow quickly. We don't all grow in the same ways. And we need to be patient with the spiritual growth of those around us because I can think of so many friends in my high school youth group who don't have anything to do with the Lord now in their adult life. And I can think of so many friends who wanted nothing to do with the Lord as junior high and high school students, and they're on the church staff now. We look at our kids, we look at our grandkids, we think about their spiritual growth. God's called us to prayer, he's called us to patience, he's called us to faithfulness, and he says, remember, not all spiritual growth happens in the way that you would imagine or at the speed that you would imagine, trust me. A couple of quick points about growing in humility and then we're gonna wrap up. Let me show you these. Number one, man, take a nap and eat a snack. Like, Honestly, that is probably the reason that you are struggling with patience is you just need a nap and a snack. Like that solves, that is a very spiritual thing that you can do a lot of times if you find yourself getting irritated. Um, I, I've coached seven and eight-year-old girls basketball this week in preparation for uh, a sermon on patience, so there you go. Um, number two, look in the mirror. Be teachable. God, if I find myself so irritable, so impatient with those around me, let me take a look in the mirror. Like, what, what needs to happen in my own life in this time? Value conversation, and really even more than conversation, what we're talking about here is mutual understanding. How often have we been impatient with someone only to find out that there was something going on behind the scenes in their life that was extremely painful, 
extremely difficult and explained. It didn't, it didn't excuse, but it explained why that person was so difficult to be with at that time. Mutual understanding, conversation, being quick to listen to people, slow to respond. Uh, this idea that we don't have to react immediately to everything. God, give me patience with people. If I'm struggling with someone, help me to really understand what's going on in their life, to value conversation. Most relationships go in a spiral. We have to talk in a circle for a while before we get to the core issue of what's happening. And God, drive me to care for the people around me. Patience points us to the very end of the Bible. Revelation 22. Let me show you these verses, then I'm going to pray for you. Revelation chapter 22. He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming soon. Even as we have patience right now, Lord, come. We need your return. We need you to make all things right. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. Amen. As you think about patience this week, as God does that work in your life through hard circumstances and hard people, friends, keep an eternal focus. What you are facing right now in your life, what you are going to face this week is not the end of the story. God is at work in ways that go beyond anything we could ever imagine. Trust him be humble to those around you and tell people about the good news of Jesus. Let me pray for us. Father, I pray for people in the room right now who are going through such hard circumstances. This past year, life has not moved at the speed that they wanted or maybe it's moved faster than they wanted. Things have happened that they never anticipated. And God, in those moments, it is so easy to want to take life into our own hands, to get frustrated, to be moved toward envy or anger, toward sin and all kinds. God, teach us to trust you. God, if there are people here who are in a season of waiting, waiting on a job or a relationship or something to change, remind them that you never waste any of our experiences. God, this season of waiting that they are in, you are using it to make them more like Jesus, to draw them to yourself. God, help us to be a church that's patient with one another. We live in a world that moves so fast. People respond to each other so quickly, especially online. God, just teach us to put up with one another in a holy, spiritual way. Teach us to forgive one another. Teach us to seek mutual care, mutual understanding with one another. God, make us patient. Make us faithful every day. And God, keep us focused on eternity. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. So good to see you all again this morning. It's fun to be back together in groups. I hope you have a great week. God bless you. If you need prayer, I'll be up here at the front. Have a great week.